Labyrinths is brought to you by Knox Robinson Productions. Please consider becoming a patron. For as little as $5 a month, you can listen to Labyrinths ad-free. Visit patreon.com slash Knox Robinson to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and... What do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Who's Right? It's me. And it's me. So, today we're talking about Valentine's Day. L'amour. Is it good or is it whack? <laughs> what kind of Grinch would say that Valentine's Day is whack? Well, it's just a holiday invented by the Hallmark Corporation in order to sell chocolates and gift cards. Yeah, the lizard people are totally on top of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, more broadly, I think we want to talk about love and all the things that we you think about on Valentine's Day. So this is going to be a far-ranging conversation. Yeah, I, I don't think we quite have a yeah. vision for it yet. What I will say, sort of now going against my previous notion, which was to defend, defend <laughs> Valentine's love. Day to to the death, would be to acknowledge that there is a kind of weird pressure that Valentine's Day puts on people to express their love for someone in a in a very particular way and it can be artificial and it yeah like it can feel very superficial artificial um well perhaps we should explain that today we're recording this on February 13th mm -hmm. the day before Valentine's Day you're hearing it probably on Valentine's Day Today is our love versary. That is the anniversary of the day I dropped the L bomb. <laughs> and notably, it is yeah. not the yeah. day <laughs> tomorrow, which is today for you. And which the is reason that's the case <laughs> is because early in our courtship, things were progressing I swimmingly. Could, yes. <laughs> I could feel the emotions building. It was that point in our dating life when I. I could feel that urge rising. I, this was not my first rodeo. I'd been in a number of relationships. I'd been in love plenty of times. I knew the feeling mm -hmm. that I was falling in love. Mm -hmm. And it felt like it was going to happen soon. Right. It's not like you could, like, hold it in. Yeah. You know. And Amanda was working at this little antiquarian bookstore. Mm -hmm. And they were throwing a party uh I think it was a Valentine's yeah, Day party. Yeah, it was a Valentine's Day party. It was just a, honestly, it was just an excuse to get people into an antiquarian bookstore. Yeah. <laughs> so we threw parties. Was it part of um, the first Thursday? I think it was. Art yeah. walk? Yeah. yeah. 
And I was helping set up for the party and hanging out at the gallery, at the, you know, bookstore slash gallery and, uh, you know, dancing and so forth. And we went back to Amanda's place that night and sometime around, you know, 10 or 11 PM, we're laying in bed and I could just, I knew this was coming soon (laughs) and I just could not bear to say I love you for the first time on Valentine's Day. (laughs) So very anti-Valentine's Day of you. (laughs) Well, it would just, it would ruin it. It would somehow Hmm. make it seem, the the whole artificial lens, Hmm. the the expectation, it would sap it of its power. It it was almost like you felt like obligated to say it on Valentine's Day and then it wasn't as real. Gosh, that's so fascinating. It kind of means that the only day that you can't say I love you for the first time is Valentine's Day. Yeah, totally. And so I said it that night because the alternative was like waiting at least until the day after Valentine's Day, but probably you'd want to wait even a little bit more. Yeah. And it, you know, I didn't choose it to happen then. <laughs> <laughs> the gods did. Yeah, that's a fascinating point. Um, yeah, that's that's a fun. So anyway, so today, today, as in yesterday for all of you, is our love versary. We have lots of versaries and um, and we are celebrating it, I guess. You you got me flowers. You bought me a nice book. Yeah. And I have done nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did give me a nice I told you so earlier. So. <laughs> yeah, I've been horrible this, <laughs> that's, this that's time around. Different who's right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it was a rough night last night. The kids were not sleeping yeah. at all. So... You know, there's various reasons I don't like Valentine's Day. It's hard to get a restaurant reservation. Mm-hmm. I don't like the expectation. Mm-hmm. Um, there are people who are not in relationships or who are not in love who often feel left out. That's a common complaint. I'm or lo- not. I don't think it's left out. That's I think or, that's the lesser form of the ar- argument. I think they're feeling weird pressure from all sides. Mm. Like people feel like they can suddenly give them a hard time about or like make them feel bad. Like mm. you know, your friend might be like, "Oh, you don't have a date for Valentine's Day. Oh, how sad." And they're like, "Or not." <laughs> like, yeah. So, I hear all those complaints. Yeah. Um, At the same time, love is though, great. Love is great, and yeah. I love love. And isn't it fun to have an excuse to just like have a little extra, just heart shaped love, like heart shaped emotion in your life, just because it happens to be a day. Like I loved Valentine's Day growing up, and I kind you of you were like, probably one of the kids in grade school who got all the valentines. Um, you know, you'd be surprised. I don't think I was the object, the primary object of people's affection. Maybe I have a skewed memory of this. I know I was a cute kid. But you but weren't like, one of the kids who didn't get very many and felt, aw. <sighs> I mean, the most memorable love note that I ever received was in third grade and it was not on Valentine's Day. Um, Wait, can we talk about this for a second? <laughs> what did that <laughs> sure. love note say? Okay, so the love note was delivered to me on the big toy um, by the guy who, the kid who liked me. Mm-hmm. It was in a ring box, 
like, okay. uh, you know, uh-huh. engagement ring box. Um, but it wasn't a ring. It was a folded up note with my name on it and a gecko keychain. Okay. So the gecko keychain was a little gift. Mm-hmm. And then there was this note. And well, wait, hold on. <laughs> How thrilled were you at this gecko keychain? <laughs> I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good gift. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Third grader and like he, he read <laughs> he read you well. <laughs> it's geckos, yes. Um <laughs> and the note was so perfect that to this day I still have this note. The kid who had a crush on me wrote in the note, Dear Amanda. I, 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 I mean, I, 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 I like you. <laughs> and he just like dramatized his, uh, his hesitation, his like. His butterflies. His butterflies yeah. in the I, 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 I thing. It's and a little I, Monty Python, right? <laughs> That's what it says. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I was just so charmed by it. I'm to this day charmed by that. Um, hmm. Wait, how did you respond? I think I was his girlfriend, whatever that means. And I never really got that whole grade school thing because I didn't really get what love was. Mm. And I don't think you really did either. I knew what a crush felt like, though. I've been having crushes since I was five years old. Like, mm. I had a crush on the kid who gave me a Ninja Turtle hat in, in kindergarten. But, sorry, not even kindergarten, daycare. Hmm. There's a kid who... I don't think I had 100% crushes at that age. had a crush on me in daycare. And, like, he sort of singled me out as, like, the, the one that he liked. I think his name was Ricky, maybe? And he gave me a Ninja Turtle hat. I think we should... We should shift this here. to Geckos talking about and turtles. <laughs> it's noted for next Valentine's Day. Here you go, an iguana. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day. The traditional iguana. <laughs> Just reptiles. <laughs> Nothing says love like reptiles. Yes, cold-blooded. <laughs> 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 the way to a woman's heart is by making her snort, if you weren't aware of that. I want to talk about love at first sight. Okay. Because. Have we talked about this on, um, on how like that has impacted us? Well, I want to talk about that. I, I also want to spend a minute talking about you and Raffaele. Because. Mm. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, you were in. You are piccioncini, as they say, right? Piccioncini. You are lovebirds, and it's it was one of those scenarios where you meet somebody and you click instantly, and all of a sudden you're overwhelmed by the feelings and the context and the circumstances are surely a part of it. Definitely a um, part of it. But would you describe that as like a does love at first sight capture what that was like in those early days or not? Um, I. Th- think that it's hmm so yes in the sense that it really was an on-site kind of thing um but that's also due to the circumstances where and by I, by I, sight just to clarify 
I'm not, you know, I don't mean like. I wasn't like in love with him, like the moment he walked into the room. Yeah, I mean, after but like you casual. Make eyes across but even the room. I'm counting casual interactions, mm-hmm. you know, you can you can have talked to them. OK, well, in that case, I think our experience is more what you would think of as a love at first sight. With Raffaele, it was like crush at first sight. Hmm. Um, it was like, cause, because it was so hard to talk to each other. Right. Like his English was not very good. My Italian was not very good. But he was very nice and very, um, very chivalrous towards me, um, which was so refreshing <laughs> mm. in a college environment. And in Italy. And in Italy, particularly. Being leered at and yeah. called, yeah. So... With Raphael, I would say we immediately were drawn to each other. Is it more of an infatuation? Mm, no, I wouldn't say that because that sort of suggests that you're like writing their name on your notebook over and over and over again. And it, that it wasn't like that. It was more like he he was a breath of fresh air. Like hmm. when he when I met him, I just was like, ah. Oh. This is this is nice. Someone I like, nice. I yeah. really like this person. Hmm. Um, That's and, not what you felt when you met me. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you had a lot going against you, my my dear sir. One of which was the fact that I was engaged to a completely other person uh, when yeah. I first met you. And That's just how good I am. Right? <laughs> and you were smoking at I the time. I was smoking. Gross. It's true. So I wasn't gross. really a smoker, but I did smoke that you one night. You smoked that night in yeah, front of me. It's true. <laughs> um, and and you had a girlfriend, mm-hmm. so you know. I mean, neither of us were looking. Neither of us were looking at all, and yet, in spite of that. And, you know, the the whole scenario was that I was interviewing you for the newspaper mm-hmm. about being an author. And we hung out and, you know, had a chance to talk about Star Trek and talk about your book and talk, you know, drink a little bit of scotch, whatever. Like, it was very, we're talking about this. these two artists talking to each other about art. And there was nothing romantic about hmm. the scenario. Um, whereas, like, with Raffaele, I was at a classical music concert. And, hmm. you know, like... In the beautiful was, green heart of Umbria. Uh, it, yes, yeah. like, it, it's Italy. And it's like, come on. It's it's just vibrating with romance yeah. itself. Our encounter was not a romantic encounter hmm. at all. And you had a lot of things, a lot of little tick marks that were hmm. against you. You and keep saying a lot. Well, I mean, I, just, I had a girlfriend and I, I was smoking in front of you that night. Was there anything else? Smoking in front of me was like 10 ticks. <laughs> okay. Well, this is so gross. A big tick. <laughs> big tick for me. Not to yuck anyone's yum, but like, I just do not like smoking cigarettes. I saw too much of that in prison. I just, it's just so gross to me. So, um, but despite myself, I walked away that night being like, huh, I could totally love that person. Like, and it wasn't like, oh, my God, now I'm in love with that person. I just thought, 
wow, in a in another life, like that person would have been my person. Like he would have been the one. Hypothetical love at first sight. Yeah. Hmm. But it was like it was like my body knew before my brain did, and my brain was just sort of processing the information slowly yeah. and in denial. Hmm. And I feel like that's an interesting example of love at first sight that seems really real to me. Like my impulse is to think that love is something that develops with time and familiarity and above all with trust. Mm-hmm. But like I had no reason to trust you. I had no I didn't I had no reason to be attracted to you. Um like I I had my Other own thing my going on. Stunning good looks. <laughs> big gold chains I was wearing. Yeah, your weird big gold chains. Like, and stripes in my beard. And stripes in your beard and I don't know, there was just something about you where I was like, wow. He could totally be my person hmm. in another life because I was not thinking that 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 was not where my mind was going as something that I needed in my life at that point. Um, so I also have a fairly unromantic idea of how love works, which is to say, I've been in love many times and I've found it like your description to be something that builds up over time. It's based on trust. There's the, the kind of, um, I think, believe there's a term for this, that how like romantic love, um, shifts gears into what, I forget what it's called. The the kind of like habitual relationship Mm. love, right. Mm -hmm. Where you're not like all a flutter about right. somebody. You're not just like fantasizing about taking their clothes off all the time. And not and not even that, but just like I'm hanging out with them, right? Mm. But you don't you don't have butterflies and seeing them. There's a whole mm-hmm. period of love that feels that way. Right. And then it shifts into something deeper and I think richer mm-hmm. um that is the stuff of long relationships. Right. And can you imagine having butterflies in your stomach you, your entire you life? Wouldn't want that. No. Yeah. <laughs> Be anxiety inducing. Um, but you know, I had been in prior relationships where I was in love and I was prepared to spend the rest of my life with those women. Mm-hmm. And I still think the, those were valid loves and could have made viable lifelong partnerships. And they didn't work out for various reasons, mostly on the other side. Um, but in both, you know, in those earlier cases, like, my view was, look, no no pairing is perfect, but there is some threshold of good enough mm-hmm. that you can cross. And if you've got the right sort of feedback mechanisms in place that will improve your union and your relationship over time, then you can sort of make a good projection into the future that however good we are now with our faults and our flaws and how we relate as a couple, I can see it getting better and better and better. Mm-hmm. then let's do it. Mm-hmm. Let's just make the choice and like get married or be together, mm-hmm. right? That was my attitude. Mm-hmm. And that's how I thought about those prior relationships. Um, and it's a very clinical, technical way of talking about love. It's not very butterfly-y. Mm-hmm. It's not very, you know, staring up at the moon, right? And yet, when we met, it didn't take us very long. No. <laughs> right? We were kind of... Um, well, like we we first met 
And then we spent some time apart because I was traveling and some other things. Right. But you were like doing when a lot we of started travel. dating. When we started dating. When yeah. we actually started dating, it was like a couple weeks until we were like, I want to spend all my time with this person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it was a few months later that we moved in mm-hmm. together. We were. Yeah. We kind of did what we friends were, of ours uh, might call the lesbian route. Yeah. <laughs> We were lesbians for each other. <laughs> Showed up with the U-Haul on the second date, you know? <laughs> and I don't know what you call that. It wasn't the long thing built on trust, right? Is that a, there's a version of... Well, we we knew, we sort of kind of were getting to know each other as friends for nine months before we started dating. So, you what's know, that? Ta- tattoos might be a really interesting analogy here. Mm. I've often thought, especially in in my youth, that like, oh, you should really think long and hard about the tattoo you're going to get. You should Mm -hmm. be be certain because it's going to be on your body forever. Mm -hmm. And I have tattoos that arrived on my body through that route. Mm -hmm. I thought for a year or more, Mm -hmm. you know, before I did it. And then there are other tattoos I have where I, I was just like, no, this feels right. I'm doing it. So here's what I actually have a theory about this, that. We say to really think long and hard about a tattoo because typically the first time somebody gets a tattoo is when they're young and stupid Mm -hmm. and they haven't lived enough life to know, to have that sort of intuitive perspective about what is right for them. Mm. Their intuition points haven't been ratcheted up enough. Yeah, and they haven't yeah. they just haven't had enough life experience mm. with themselves to know what is right for them. Whereas av- as you've lived your life, hmm. once you get to a certain age, you just know what feels right to you or not. You just you've had the experience of choosing things so even that are you, bad and yeah. choosing things that are good and now you know And even if you can't analytically pick it all apart and explain why You've if you've been in a dozen other relationships and if you've felt those butterfly feelings before and if you've Mm -hmm. seen the warning signs of how things went wrong and Mm -hmm. turned sour a dozen times before. And you know your own like faults as a partner and what, you know, like, you know, what what will make you incompatible with a person. Yeah. Yeah. Then what you're suggesting is that really love at first sight is for old people. Yes. Like I'm talking old folks home. Like, like they know. getting it on. <laughs> <laughs> the most romantic place on earth is an old folks home. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. That's where love at first sight is, is happening. Is like most possible or makes the most sense. Or not necessarily old folks home, but like people who've been around the block. Yeah. People who've yeah. been around the block. Like they know if something is about, if a train of love is about to smack them in the face and they're going to jump right on the tracks. Hmm. Is it is that feeling, you know, I suppose the feeling is sometimes not a good guide to a sustainable relationship, but your hope is that as time goes on, those two things align. And when you get that feeling later in life, it's more likely to actually pan out. Mm. Hey, what about the question of um, does love last? Hmm. Because I think some people might argue that novelty is an important part of romance. And even if you are in a committed monogamous relationship your entire life, you need to infuse that relationship with novelty in order for it to last. Does that 
seem right to you? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I think that um, novelty probably plays a bigger role in sexual love, sexual attraction. Hmm. I think people also vary on their um, the degree to which novelty motivates them in the in the population. It's, right. a, it's a trait you can measure and and track. I think it's probably heritable to some degree. That said. I'm not convinced that novelty is hugely important mm -hmm. for sustaining love. Mm -hmm. I think that when love fades away or disappears, a couple things are happening. One is an expectation mismatch that everything in life goes in in waves and that you shouldn't really expect anything to be constant. So you shouldn't expect that you're gonna have those six pack abs and be perfectly in shape every day of your life. You're not. And even if you are at one point, another point you're not gonna be. And of course, uh, on the long, you know, if you're talking about your body, eventually it deteriorates into dust. But, you know, the same is gonna be true of your career successes and your, your relationship with your sister whatever, like those things are gonna fluctuate. You mm -hmm. should expect them to fluctuate. And if you find yourself in a sort of trough where you feel distant from your partner, one way of looking at that is that you've fallen out of love and a sort of broader, bigger picture perspective is that you're in a little fluctuation where you're, you're distant from each other right now and your, your energies are more inward focused or more focused towards other relationships in your life. And that that's okay, that if you, tell yourself that that's not okay, mm. then you end up concluding that, oh, love, the love has been lost, mm -hmm. right? So that's one thing. And the other thing I think that happens is that people inevitably change. Everyone changes. We're all changing all the time. And if people aren't good communicators with each, uh, in relationships, then the ways, and if they're not good self-noticers mm -hmm. um, and noticers for each other, then the ways in which they're changing go unremarked upon, unnoticed and unspoken of. And when you, when you and your partner are both changing and you're not taking stock of how you're changing, you're not able to guide your own changing in relation to each other. Mm -hmm. And so if you, you, you might wake up one day and realize that you have totally different interests. You're not the same people you were when you were 20 or 30 or whatever it was. Of course you're not, but you ended up changing in ways that make you no longer compatible. 
Hmm. And that leads people, that leads love to fade away, leads to divorces and so forth. The alternative to that is being very aware and communicative. And as you're changing, and this is, by the way, I don't think this is a guarantee that you won't fall out of love or that you will be together always, but it gives you another opportunity as you're changing to attempt to grow together and Mm -hmm. attempt to, because we always have, do I take the fork in the road left or right? You know, those situations crop up endlessly. And sometimes you're sort of neutral on them. But if you think and realize, oh, this does, this particular choice doesn't, isn't hugely important to me, but I realize it's far more likely to keep me closer to my partner if I choose path A than path B. Um, if I suddenly become a Super Bowl fan, are you going <laughs> to go to the Super Bowl with me? <laughs> don't become a Super Bowl fan. <laughs> Thoughts? Yeah, no, I, that squares with what I think. Um, so you, so, I mean, your question was, does love I think you're right. Does it get lost? Well, is novelty an important part of love? And I think you're right that novelty probably is most relevant to the sexual part of a person's relationship. Um, Because I do think there is some validity to the idea of like, you're so in a rhythm that you, and and it's not, there's a reason why you get into a rhythm because you have a favorite position or you like, it's just, you don't have a ton of energy. Like you, like there's a lot of work that goes Mm. into being a, a good sexual partner. And if you find something that works and you just sort of like, get in that groove, it's really hard to hop out of that groove. But then that can can become like a trench. What your culinary life is like. When you know how to make certain meals that hit your culinary buttons in the right way, especially when your life is busy or you have kids, or it's like, let's just make this meal that we know how to make. And it's good. Except that you can also go to restaurants and get inspired Mm. by diverse foods. You can't go to the restaurant au l'amour. Well, I mean. <laughs> Unless you're in an open marriage. Yeah. <laughs> We're not having that conversation right now. <laughs> but, you know, our go-to meal is probably like when we're feeling uninspired. It's like, let's have nachos. Yeah, you know? we make really we good make nachos. We make really good though. nachos. We know how to make them gourmet and delicious and let's do it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but. That in that moment, we're not really catering toward whatever our desires for novelty are, right? I was saying that it's easy to get novelty in colon. It was a bad analogy. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Um, what about? I've always found it fascinating when people were attracted to people they didn't like, hmm. which is so difficult for me to empathize with because I feel like I tend to find people I like attractive like I I I like them as a person before I find them attractive this might just be a thing how much you're visually motivated me if you're talking about just like sexual attraction yeah I'm talking about sexual attraction yeah yeah like I can notice that a person's you know 
handsome or pretty or whatever. What, what about if they're like, really, really confident and kind of, you know. If they're an asshole and they're confident and I yeah. don't like them, I do not give a hmm. shit. I think the more interesting question is, how is it possible to love somebody but not like them? Hmm. And I, I think, I, yeah. hmm. do you know what that's like? Yes. You want to talk about that? I mean, I think this isn't just limited to romantic partners. I think mm-hmm. this is a, a big thing with go there. family. Yeah. Um, or like friends even, um, because friendships are similar to all these kinds of things where friends can grow apart if you don't if you don't grow as a, a couple in, in terms mm-hmm. of friendships. Like you might get different interests and you might fall out of friendship love with a person. Um, and and that's okay too, I guess. Um, it's kind of sad when it comes about in that same way that love, falling out of love, happens in relationships where you just kind of weren't paying attention mm-hmm. or you weren't solving a problem that you knew was there. There was like a white elephant in the room of your friendship mm-hmm. and you didn't confront it. And then it became the thing that pushed you apart. Um, so, yes, I know what all of those experiences feel like. But why when you actively like dislike someone, don't like don't like their company or whatever, like how can love still exist in that environment? I mean, I think that's a product of your shared history, your familiarity with each other, your. Um, Are you just deluding still- yourself, though? Are you just loving the person they used to be or loving the relationship you used to have? But also, um, yes, in the sense that, like, it doesn't just go away, that that love that you had, and which also is a thing that you sort of always continue to hope for. Like, if you had that love and you had that friendship and you had that relationship, you could still have it. Like, there's yeah. nothing stopping you. I mean, you. it's maybe to bring it back to what I was saying earlier, it's... It's the hope that you're in a trough in your fluctuation. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. And not that it's a permanent right. trail off. Right. But it is wildly disconcerting. Um, it's, yeah, I mean, we're human beings. Our relationships are are a part of our identities. It mm-hmm. matters so much. Um, and to have really fundamental relationships get called into question that way. Like to find yourself all of a sudden to wake up one day and realize that you don't like someone who means so much to you. That's like wildly disconcerting. And it makes you, it it puts me into a sense of existential dread where I feel like I don't even trust myself anymore. I think maybe we should close out this who's right by talking about self-love. Hmm. And I'm not talking about mm-hmm. onanism. <laughs> <laughs> You're not talking about masturbation. Yeah. <laughs> I was using the fancy, rare word for it. Yeah. Well, I try to be down in the mud with the rest of the Cretans. <laughs> <laughs> so, Cretans, what are your thoughts on this? Self-love. Um, I think it's important. Am I gonna buy myself a box? My of position chocolates? is that it sucks. <laughs> no, um, no, I, I, I don't know. It, does it come easily to you? Is there a danger to it? When does mm. it tip over into 
arrogance or narcissism? Well, the thing that I, whenever I, the, the worry that I have with the idea of self-love is when it's used as an excuse to be abusive towards other people. Hmm. Like, I'm not being mean to you. I'm just being considerate of myself and my feelings. And my feelings are that you're an asshole or whatever. Like, that. there's this, I, I feel like there's a troubling tendency in the self-love uh, trend even um, where protecting yourself means becoming defensive or even aggressive towards other people as mm -hmm. a way of exhibiting, as a way of expressing self-love. Um, and and I'm, that's not my bag, baby. Like, love is love is embracing it's not a pushing away of others um so I mean, if your self-love means like drawing a line in the sand about who's a good guy and who's a bad guy and i don't know like does it feel the same as as love for the other i don't have butterflies in my stomach about myself well so. do you have butterflies about me right now today yeah. You do? Yeah. yeah you still I, make me get butterflies. Yeah? Yeah. We haven't oh, been wow. married that long. <laughs> <laughs> it's this shirt I'm wearing with the cat on it, isn't it? No, it's a, it's a way that you look at me sometimes. Mm. That you... makes me feel a little bit like I'm a prey animal, which... <laughs> 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 but also that you're going to, it's more like, you're like a tiger that wants to hug me. <laughs> ah. Okay. You never look at yourself that way? Um. Have you ever been like just so pleased with yourself? Just like. I have very, very rarely. Is that, is that the equivalent? Have I had the thought of being like, you know what? This is the shit. Me, <laughs> but it's been so rare. Like, is there a moment that I've always felt or that I've realized like, oh, that's why people have a crush. Like, this is why Chris loves me or. Mm. um, Yeah, I've had moments like that. Before. But aside from the butterfly question, I think the the one that's probably more likely. Might make more sense in the self-love context is the long term you know, platonic devotional love of a marriage, say, mm -hmm. like, have you ever thought to yourself or even if it's not a conscious thought, like, is it true? Like I would do anything for you self, mm. you know, like the, the, the ways that you would talk about what it means to be in long-term love with me, like, does any of that apply to your relationship with yourself? I have a lot of compassion for myself. Um, and I have to cut myself a lot of slack because I'm sometimes mean to myself. I'm not, I'm not the nicest partner to myself. Um, yeah, I don't but think I'm also I am trying either. really hard to be a mm. better partner to myself. Um, but I'm, I'm, can be an abusive partner to myself. Mm -hmm. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if myself went to therapy to complain about myself. <laughs> you know, like that kind of thing. I'd be like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and if your self's girlfriends were like, 
ditch her. Yeah, I'd be like, I get it. <laughs> girl, she doesn't care about so, you. Show, no, she does. Like, I don't think the girlfriends would be like, she doesn't care about you. They'd just be like, it's just so much work. Mm. Like, can't you have like an easier relationship with yourself? Like, ugh, what's so much work? And she belittles you sometimes. Yeah, like it's she's in front just of so, your friends. You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember that time when I did a big mushroom trip and one of the revelations I had, I, like, like coming out of it, I said, "Should I love myself?" Mm. Yeah. Like it was an open question, and like yeah, I had were not certain un- until yeah. that point. Mm-hmm. I guess I should love myself. Yeah, and I think it really struck at some deep, vulnerable spot in me where, I, like, I had a big part of me didn't love myself, mm-hmm. and maybe still doesn't. And I don't know what that's about. What deep wound I have? Maybe it's just the the wound of parturition from. I mean, I think like maybe this is all, maybe this is a totally universal experience, but we just know ourselves so well. We've you seen, know all your demons. You, yeah. We know all our demons. We know all of our mistakes. And it's almost as if you, if you know someone that well, it's just kind of gross, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's how you see me, huh? <laughs> I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about myself. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know me pretty well. <laughs> I, I mean, it's gross, but also beautiful, right? But also beautiful. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, that's where I'm trying to like turn it around into compassion. Because I think that the thing that happens is you're in this position of judging yourself all the time. Mm. And being and knowing what you aspire to be and knowing how you do not live up to that aspiration and like how constantly you're disappointing yourself. Like, can you imagine being around somebody who was just constantly disappointing you? Like that would be um, like if your wife mm-hmm. was constantly dis like you had an aspiration. Go on of who on your this wife totally is. hypothetical <laughs> story. <laughs> and just like disappointed you left and right. You'd fall out of love with that person, but it was because you weren't ever in love with that person in the Mm. first place. And I think that's the thing that I need to realize about myself is maybe if I'm maybe I'm in love with a version of myself that doesn't exist. Hmm. And instead, I need to be in love with the version of myself that does exist, knowing full well that it's not who I aspire to be. It's not my best ideal version of myself. Yeah. I don't know. I think where where I'm landing on Valentine's Day Mm. is that the problem with Valentine's Day Mm -hmm. is that it's too narrowly focused on romantic love Hmm. and that we should broaden it out to embrace all forms of love, including or maybe we should have self-love, other love including days. platonic love. Yeah, why don't we have a platonic love day? It doesn't need its own day. Valentine's Day can be the day. Really? And rather than the people who aren't in relationships feeling judged or whatever for not having a date on Valentine's Day, you should embrace loving yourself. You should embrace loving your brother, hmm. loving your friend. Like, those forms of love are awesome, too. Mm-hmm. And but can you imagine going on a date with your brother instead of your wife on Valentine's Day? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yes. Yeah? Yeah, because I, I traditionally don't like 
doing romantic things on Valentine's Day. Maybe yeah. it's the perfect time to like have a bro day mm. and just be like, you know what, Kyle, I love you, man. Like you're a great brother. Like I love you. Mm-hmm. Legit. Let's let's frolic in some fields together. Yeah. Well, you know, or play video games. <laughs> <laughs> frolic in some video, <laughs> some digital version yeah. of a field. Yeah. Okay. You know what? If you if you asked me, can I spend Valentine's Day with my brother to have some like literal bromance? I'd be like, yeah, man, you do that. Well, patrons, what do you think? Is Valentine's Day good? Is it whack? Does love at first sight exist? Is it only in old folks' homes? <laughs> does love does love uh, disappear? Does it fluctuate? Do you love yourself? <laughs> Not to put you on the spot there. <laughs> Do you love yourself? <laughs> Was that a heavy question? <laughs> it was a heavy question. <laughs> well, if you've stuck with us this long, you know that we don't shy away from the heavy questions. That's and true. And we appreciate you. Thanks for your love, man. Because you also don't shy away from the heavy questions. And yeah, thanks for loving our show. Yeah. And loving the community and the vibe and... And everything we're striving to create here, um, you're integral to that whole process. We love you. Love you. Fun fact, for every hour of Labyrinths you enjoy, we put in dozens of hours researching, outreaching, interviewing, scripting, editing, and audio engineering. What keeps us going? Coffee. Coffee. So if you're enjoying Labyrinths, please buy us a coffee. Head over to patreon.com slash Knox Robinson, where you can make a monthly donation. Thanks for getting lost with us.